And I say, okay, this is it. This is it. I felt it. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for my answer. And I think that was a crucial moment in my life where I knew and I felt like, okay, this is what I'm destined to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to help people have a better experience of their life. And we're going to do it together. Welcome to A Changed Mind, a journey into the topics that matter to you most. From the neuroscience and spirituality of mindset and personal growth to groundbreaking strategies for health, wealth, and relationships, to open and honest conversations about pressing global issues such as the environment, censorship, corporate capture, and democracy. Each and every episode reminds us of the certainty of the goodness of the future and provides the teachings, tools, and timeless wisdom inspiring you to create real lasting change in your life and in the world. If you've been desiring a sanctuary for your spirit, a place to go to tune out the distraction, negativity, and doom and gloom so that you can tap into the deep power, the vibrancy, and the potential you have inside, you're in the right place. Welcome to A Changed Mind. Hey, it's David. Just a quick interruption to your normally scheduled podcast. I've got an incredible opportunity for you. Big announcement that my book is now live on Amazon, A Changed Mind, Go Beyond Self-Awareness, Rewire Your Brain, and Re-Engineer Your Reality. If you've been wanting to take your personal growth to the next level, maybe you've done the self-help thing, but you're still feeling more stress or overwhelm or anxiety in your life, Maybe you've gotten to the next level of financial security or growth in your relationships or health or your business, but you've hit a new ceiling and you're really wanting to understand how to identify the resistance that is still inside of you that's shaping your experience of life and to let it all go and transform it so that you can truly feel free emotionally, spiritually, financially, and achieve your full potential. You've got to check out this book. I spent the last 18 months pouring all of the teachings, philosophies, tools, even processes that I've never taught before that have helped me go from a life where I was literally struggling to survive to a life now that I love in a system that lets me materialize the vision I have for my business, my family, my world without the hustle and grind and putting my spiritual growth and well-being first. So if you've been wanting a treasure map to the emotional and material promised land that life has waiting for you, Take a minute to jump on over to Amazon, grab yourself a copy of A Changed Mind, or better yet, grab a couple of copies and give them as gifts to your loved ones. The feedback is already coming in. People are saying this is one of the most practical and powerful personal development books they've ever read, and I get it because everything that's in this book is exactly what I went through, what I learned, and what I used to change my mind. Check it, grab yourself a copy, and now... On to your regularly scheduled podcast episode. Hey, it's David. Welcome back to A Changed Mind, a place where we will remind you every single day of the certainty of the goodness of the future, a sanctuary for your human spirit. Uh, man, this is going to be such an awesome episode. We've got a special guest, a surprise guest for you, really the first guest ever for our show. And if you end up loving this episode, do me a favor and my special guest a favor. Uh, Leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening to. It's the way we can get this work out into the world. And if you happen to be joining us on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe. We are joined here today by none other than Carol Gutierrez-Bear, my wife, my best friend, the president of our organization, an extraordinary 
human being and I must have done something right in a past life to be able to attract Carol in this life. We're still, of all the things that we've been able to explain, that is still left unexplainable how, uh, how I got Carol, how, how Carol got me. But welcome to the show, babe. Thank you for having me, babe. Thank you for being here. Exciting. Excited too. We're officially in episode four. And so it's been uh, it's been a, a really beautiful glide path into this episode, and you've been instrumental in uh, guiding the initial process of, of of what we're sharing with with our listeners, with you, listener friend. Uh, and you suggested that we do an episode early on where we shared a little bit more about our stories, where we came from, and that just makes sense. We're 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 on this journey together to learn how to change our minds and change ourselves and change the world and uh and I think sharing with people about you know where we came from and and how we've done our best to live these distinctions made a lot of sense. Yeah. And especially because I mean not not a while ago we were the ones listening to this type of podcast and listening to people like wanting to figure out like who we wanted to be and how we wanted to be. And and I remember several times when I thought that there was probably something wrong with me uh, because they had it figured out. And I think it's very important that we share with the listeners where we came from, who we are, because we're not different. We're all the same. It's just that perhaps we're a couple of steps farther. So I just want to share with the listeners where we came from and, and, and who we are. Yeah. And maybe not. Maybe we're a couple steps behind a lot or of maybe, people and, yeah. and a lot of different areas of, of our lives. But we've certainly been focused on our personal growth. We've been fortunate that since uh, we were guided to create a business that was really about personal growth that we've been able to to live inside of it. And so we have had the time to make observations that other people, you know, just may not have the time to to, to make and, and to share those as teachings. I think it would be great if you want to start. I know we went through our show notes in the beginning and I was going to start with our story. But if you want to start with your story and then I'll share mine and, and we can talk about our coming together. And, and, the, and the purpose of sharing this is really to show the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell talked about the hero's journey. He mapped out the archetypes of all of the different characters in fiction and movies and mythology. And what he discovered was there was a, there was a structure of how we're guided to live our purpose of the design of the challenges that show up in our life and how they're meant to help us. He identified that there's supernatural aid uh, along the journey and that ultimately what what the purpose of our life is is to go through challenges and expand as a as a greater person on the other side and then to to be that next level of greatness for others. So I'd love to hear your story because I think that while all of our stories are different, people are going to find themselves in your story and my story. And depending on on where you are right now as you're listening, you're going to be in some chapter of your own hero's journey. And my guess is that it's going to give you hope as you see that we've come through to the other side of the challenges of ours. So do you want to, I don't know, just start from the beginning and, and let people know who Carol Gutierrez Bear was? Yeah, was. I'm still am. Still am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm from Colombia originally, and I came to this country, well, uh, 20 years ago. I'm a civil engineer by, by trade. I went to the university in Colombia. I graduated. I was working as a civil engineer in an engineering office. And then uh, we have to come to this country because my grandmother wanted the whole family together and it was time for us to come so we could 
keep our status. So we came to this country, but I didn't speak the language. I didn't speak any English. I could only like read technical English. And when I got here, it was such a cultural shock because I went from working as an engineer in an office and the only thing that I could find uh, or someone who could uh, like would hire me it was a 7-Eleven so I was a cashier at 7-Eleven while I was going to school at night to learn English that was very hard on me because I was working and I couldn't even understand people. So people were rude at me. They would say bad words to me. And I would just get, I remember getting back home and just crying and say, what, what have I done? Um, I'm not going to be able to do this. So it was, it was tough, probably like six months until I was able to, to communicate a little bit. And I decided that I was not going to, to live my life as a cashier uh, in 7-Eleven. So I applied. Now, before, before you go on, like what? I can't even imagine going to another country, not speaking the language, being at the top of my university, studying to become a civil engineer, and then working as a cashier at 7-Eleven, you know, grabbing cigarettes off the wall and, you know, handing it to people. Was there like doubt that occurred for you? Like, what am I doing? What, what, like, what is that emotional experience like? That's a pretty significant shift that most people don't go through. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. I'm, as I say, I will cry every day wondering if I should go back to my country, what I was doing. I was in this fog because it was completely different to like what my life was up until that point. Mm. So everything changes. And the one element there was that I could not communicate. I didn't speak English. And because of that, I think people thought that I was stupid or something, right? But it was just that I could not communicate in the same language. So it, it raises a lot of doubts in you, right? It was something new for me. At one point, I considered, well, maybe I should just go back home because it's safe. I'm an engineer there. I know what I'm doing. I know what I can do. So that crossed my mind, but I really want to make sure that I was with my family. So um, it was it was a difficult times. It really was. But I come from a family, from a culture where you don't give up, right? And whatever I set myself to do or accomplish, I will get myself to the finish line. That was just my mentality and that's what kept me going. So I was obsessed with learning English as fast as possible. While I was at 7-Eleven, I kept telling myself, okay, this is a great like practice ground, actually trying to speak English with strangers. So that's what kept me motivated and that's what kept me just going. And, and, and that's just how I was. That was my personality. Why do you, why do you think you were that way? Well, um, that's a really good question. Uh, I was that way because as a result of things that happened during my childhood and my family, my family history. So my grandmother lost her husband when like, she had like, her two kids and they were like, very little. Like, my, my mom doesn't even remember her uh, grandfather. So she had to raise her kids on her own. So it was a woman taking care of the household, providing and raising the kids. Then my mom got married and then she ended up 
divorcing. So I grew up in a household where women were the ones kind of like taking care of everything, just bringing the bread to the table, raising the kids. And then on top of that, um, I went through some abuse with my stepfather. And at that point, I decided, like this little kid that was in Colombia with her mother, grandmother, I decided that I should not trust anyone. I should not trust men. I need to protect myself because no one else is going to protect me. And I saw it. My grandmother was protecting herself and her family. My mother was protecting herself and her family. And here I am making also those decisions that I needed to protect myself. And, um, and not only that, but then men, the figure of men became kind of like the enemy. So unconsciously, I created this quest to compete against men and be even better than men. So um, if you look at my history, when I went to college, I was always at the top of my class. Civil engineering, there were only like seven women in the class. The rest were like 45 men um, in the class. And I was always in the top five of my class. Like that was non-negotiable. I had to be at the top. And when I started working, I will work harder than anyone else because I need to be first. I need to, I needed to be ahead of everyone else so I could protect myself. So that's kind of like Carol developed that personality. It was super helpful because it kind of like created a, a discipline of excellence for me. I was the one always that worked until late. I will work no less than like 60, 80 hours a week. And when I was young uh, and I was full of energy, like that was great, right? I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm capable of doing all of this. I was on top of the world, but that can only last uh, some time. So that's, that's how I created that personality of whatever I do, I will finish it and I will finish it right. And I am not going to quit. So what happened from 7-Eleven? So from 7-Eleven, when I started to, to speak English a little more, I started looking for other jobs. And I remember applying for this job at an insurance company, workers' compensation. I didn't even know what that was because in Colombia, like that was not a thing or it was something different. And I remember going to that interview and uh, the HR person, she will ask me so many things. And I remember just saying, yes, yes, I was not understanding what that person was asking me. <laughs> and I remember getting back home and uh, telling my mom, my mom is like, how did it go? I'm like, I'm not getting the job. Like, I couldn't even understand what that woman was asking me. I do remember she asked me, I remember a specific question where she asked me, well, you're a civil engineer. Why do you want to apply for this customer service position? And in my broken English, I share with her, I'm like, well, this is my plan. I'm going to work here and I can help this company because I'm bilingual and you may have people speaking Spanish and I'm going to work as a customer service for a, a particular period of time. But after that, I'm going to get my master in business administration and I want to start my construction company here in the United States. That was my goal by then. And I need to save this much money so I can go to this school. So, and I was writing it because it was easier for me to show it in, in writing. That's the only part of the interview that I remember. So I went back home and I'm like, eh, I'm not getting this job. 
I don't know what happened, but then I got a call like five days later that I was hired. So I, I got the job as customer service. And man, that was a challenge because one thing is talking to someone face to face when you're new to a language. But another thing is having different people with different accents from different parts of the country calling you, trying to check on their on their check. I was working for the claims department and people were just calling, asking for dis- their disability check. And I couldn't understand the spelling of names and last name. I still have some hard time trying to, to understand last names. And people will get mad at me and they will use bad words and hang up on me. And there I was again, crying, starting all over again. I got very comfortable at 7-Eleven because I finally learned all the names of all the cigarettes and tobacco. So I could go straight to it and give it to the client. And I was fulfilled because I, I spoke English. Then I was changed to this environment and there I was all over again, not understanding and having to work harder. I will stay until, long, until later. I will listen to conversations, to recorded conversations so I could get used to the language that were, they were using. So that was my first job and I got bored very quickly because it was just picking up the phone, letting them know where they were with their, their claim, where their check was, if they were going to get a, an appointment with a doctor. And at that point, I was speaking better English. So I applied for another position within the, within the company. I got it. And I stayed in that company for about 10 years. And I went from customer service. I would put together amazing times. I would put together business plans for the company CEO to show him that we should have bilingual people in in the company to save on translation services. And, and that kind of like put my name on the list and he was aware of who I was. So they just kept promoting me all the way until I got to uh, the sales department. I was the VP of, of sales. And I was pretty much, I had an amazing mentor, the, the actual um, B, VP of sales. I worked for her. And then when she left, that's the position that I, I took in the company. So, wow. yeah. So from 7 Eleven all the way to almost second in command in that insurance company. The company was a regional company, became national, and then they, we were acquired by another company. Beautiful, beautiful journey. I, learned so much. And I realized, because that was my late 20s, early 30s. And I realized like, oh, wow, if I work hard, if I'm nonstop, if I work harder than anyone else, if I put the hours, if I don't complain and I just do and I stay focused, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get to the top. And my goal back then was to get to the top. That's what I wanted. So it worked very well for me for those 10 years. And then I started asking myself, I'm like, okay, so this is it. Because, I mean, I was, I had an amazing apartment. I got my car. I had an amazing job. I was traveling, closing deals. Like, I love my life. It was pretty cool. It was pretty amazing. But then there was this feeling inside of me, like, is this it? Like, is this all what life has for me? Just 
going to work. And it's not like I was in the office all the time. I travel a lot, but it was always like more of the same. And it was something inside of me that kept telling me like, no, this is not it. I was not feeling fulfilled. So fortunately, at the same time, the company was going through an acquisition. So the president of the old company, he approached me and he, uh, he said, hey, do you want to be a business owner? I'm going to start another company and I would love to bring you as a partner. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is it. This is it. I'm going to start my own company. I never even thought about it. So I say, yeah, of course. So I went with him. We signed a contract, like a, a letter of, I don't remember what it was. It was a document that we signed. He was going to bring the capital. I was going to bring the sweat equity. So I did all the work, bringing all the, all the carriers, the contracts for the companies, setting up the systems, because I was very good at it. Time passed. I worked for him, like with him in our company for about a year where the company was not making any profits because we were just setting it up. And um, one day he just showed up and, and he called me and he said, hey, Carol, I have decided that I'm going to bring another partner uh, because we need an injection of capital. And because you didn't bring capital to the company, so then what we need to do is we need to give up part of your ownership in the company. And it was almost everything, right? And I'm like, but wait a minute, what do you mean? I've been working for free for almost a year. Why are you doing this? So that happened and it took a while, the whole conversations. And there I was thinking to myself, hmm, here I am again, taking advantage of by a man. Right. So it kind of like brought that back again at me and I tightened up. Um, I left that partnership. I'm like, okay, I'm done with you. I'm not doing this anymore. But it revived that um, belief that I had. It, it, it has always been there. It was always there. But just going through that process that it was so real of a man taking advantage of me, I guarded again. I'm like, this is not going to happen again. I know I want to start my own company because that brings more joy to me, but I'm never going to partner with another man. So I continue in my journey. I was doing some side jobs, like I was consulting for some companies, and then I ended up in another company, a LED company, and they wanted to open the Latin American market. I was in charge of that. I was traveling to Latin America. I was doing all the due diligence. In that whole process... I was already selling the product in Colombia when I realized, and it was a partnership with a, a couple of guys, when I realized that I was selling almost like um, smoke because they didn't even have the product. I was even putting my own money to buy the tickets to go to Colombia. I was pretty much pretty invested in the company. And then one day the owner calls me and he goes, well, we are filing bankruptcy. I'm like, okay. I didn't know what to do. They didn't pay me like my salary or the expenses. And there I was again, going through that experience of, of I can't trust men. I can't, I can't trust men. And I really closed up mm -hmm. uh, with all of those experiences. So 
about that same time when I was working at that company, a company, that LED company, is when I met you, right? So I, I, and I don't know if you remember, like I was so excited about the deals that yeah, we were making. And you even, you even came to Colombia with me one time. Yep, you were traveling around Colombia and South America. You went to Poland at one mm -hmm. point. You mm -hmm. were building out these projects. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting when we're talking about it now, right? Because where I had been previously in my own life was maybe an untrustworthy man. <laughs> yeah. Because while you were, you know, coming over to the States and working your way up through 7-Eleven and in, through the insurance world and into LED, I was uh, running a business. I, I, had, I had been building businesses since 1998 on the internet. And I had been building a company that I had raised investment for around $4 million dollars. And uh, the company ended up going through a really difficult time because we were in the financial services sector and the banking crisis hit in 2007, 2008, 2009. And I realized as I was going through the stress of you know having to let 25 employees go in one day, I became aware of the fact that I had been abusing drugs, I had been abusing pornography, I had abused, been abusing alcohol for a long, long time. It was uh, sort of confusing for me because I thought that's just what men and people did. You know, you go out to the bar, you get drunk, maybe you drink too much, you, you smoke some pot, you smoke some pot every day, you look at a little bit of pornography, you do a business meeting, you go to a strip club. Like it, it, just, it just seemed like that was normal behavior until it became unmanageable in my life. And one night I ended up blacking out And I woke up the next day really terrified because I'd never blacked out before. And that's, that's when I called my brother who had, was already in recovery and was actually an addiction specialist. Uh, and he said, hey, you, you know, you're an addict. You need to start getting some help. And so he referred me to this group, this therapist. And I started seeing the therapist and I started working at 12-step meetings, going to 12-step meetings, working the 12 steps with my sponsor, And for those of you who've, who've listened to any of our other episodes, you can see the 12 Steps has had a great influence on, on the way I view transformation because it's such an incredible technology. I mean, it has the ability to get people who have wired their brains towards alcohol or pornography or codependence or food or drug abuse to, to be able to rewire their brains so that they're no longer compulsively acting out. Uh, and so it's, there's some great tools in there. And um, I started my journey of, uh, of, of recovery. And as I started getting some sobriety under my belt, which, which took about 18 months, I was like, wow, like you, I, I'm changing who I am. I'm changing the way that I'm thinking. I was so fortunate to be working with a therapist who would explain to me sort of the neuroscience and the brain science of what happens with addiction. And I became so curious about it that one day I went to, uh, I went to the bookstore And I, I don't know, I can't ever remember having been to the bookstore before that date. Here I was, 33 years old. And uh, I asked the woman at the counter, I said, hey, is there a section here for people who want to improve their lives? And she said, oh, the self-help section? I said, oh, yeah, that's a really appropriately named section. <laughs> and I went up to the second floor of a Barnes and Noble, and I walked over to the self-help section. And I kid you not, there's, there on the floor was a book. And I bent over and picked it up. It was a little book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill which I didn't know at that time was the best-selling business book in history, which really isn't a book about business. It's a book about how thoughts are things and you create your own reality. And so I got into personal growth and I started studying 
personal development. It was at about that time that I met you. And, you know, I had torn my shoulder for the second time. And I was driving back and forth from Orlando to Sarasota. And I was seeing a, a, an Eastern medical doctor, acupuncturist there. He had a whole mixed bag of, of tricks because I didn't want to have surgery on my shoulder for the second time. And it was his birthday. And we ended up going out to dinner at a restaurant. And I happened to bring one of my friends from 12-step recovery with me. And we were, were standing in this restaurant bar area. And my buddy says to me, you know, I'm so uncomfortable being in these environments. And I said, why? And he said, well, because there's attractive women and I'm single and I'd like to approach them, but I'm afraid to. And that was exactly how I had lived my whole life. Like I was not comfortable or confident speaking with women, but I use it as an opportunity to be like, oh, come on. It's, you know, to kind of like uh, one up him, right? Oh, it's not that big a deal. And I had noticed you outside of the restaurant because there was sort of that like Friday festival thing mm -hmm. going on. And there you were with, uh, with your friends in, in, in this restaurant over at the bar. And so I, I walked over and I introduced myself and introduced my friend and you introduced me to your girlfriends. Now, this is where the stories really diverge. Maybe we'll do this for another <laughs> podcast episode because your claim was that I basically stalked you for that weekend. My recollection, my recollection is you invited me to participate in the activities with your girlfriends, but we started dating from that point on. And you were at this transition. And it's amazing to see how life guides you down these pathways to meet the people that you need to meet in order to begin the next chapter of your life. Because I was feeling quite purposeless at that time. I remember you rolled up in your like $120,000 Mercedes or whatever you were driving at that time. And you were all fashion designered out with your fancy glasses. And I think I grabbed the one nice outfit I had in my closet at that oh time and God. threw it on when we, when we met at, uh, at that coffee shop in Tampa and we had lunch together. Uh, and I was so intimidated because I was at a place of very low sense of self-esteem. I mean, really, I had low self-esteem all, all the way through then. And even many years into us dating, right? I think I've finally gotten to a point where my self-esteem is increasing. And, and, and in the opposite, I had like extra yeah, self-esteem. Yeah, you were super self-esteemed out. Really confident. And we got together. And you told a story when we were at dinner on our, our first date, right? And I was still running my company. It was down to like six people. Uh, I just had gotten some sobriety under my belt. Like I said, it was like 18 months in. I'd started reading my first couple books in personal growth. And you told a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you invited me to have dinner, first dinner together. You drove from Orlando. We went to this restaurant. And all of a sudden, I started telling you about a dream that I had when I was a little girl. And it was a recurring dream but I didn't know what he meant. And the dream was like looking from behind and there was me, I, I knew it was me, uh, with my husband and he was a tall guy and I was holding a baby girl in my arms. She was like sitting on, on my, like this and then like, yeah, like her head, legs, it's so distinct, that dream, curly hair. And then we have a baby boy uh, standing up, we were holding his hands and I could see our backs and in front of us, there were a lot of people with, and, and this was when I was a little girl having these dreams, there were no cell phones back then, but I will see like a lot of lights, like lighting up, 
but I didn't know what it was, maybe candles. And I'm like, what is this? And the closest I could relate that to was like a rock star or a singer, because I didn't know that there was personal development or people that will do this, this type of work. And I remember telling you this story, like, hey, I had this dream and I know that that's my husband and we're in front of people. And I'm thinking through to myself as I'm telling this story, why am I telling this story to this guy? <laughs> I had never told that dream to anyone other than my mom several years ago. And then here I was telling you the, the story of my dream. Well, yeah, and you said, and we're, and we're helping people change their lives. Yeah, and, we're, and right? I know we're helping people. Yeah, I know. And it was, a, it, was, it was completely irrelevant to the conversation we were having at dinner. And I remember you telling me that story, like, yeah, I'm on stage and there's thousands of people in front of us and we're helping people change their lives. And, and I've got a, a, a daughter and a son. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I really hope this, hope this woman finds, <laughs> finds, that, finds that guy. He sounds like he's pretty amazing. And I remember at the end of that date, I did the most romantic thing any man can do, which is I handed you a copy of Autobiography of a Yogi out of the trunk of my car and said, hey, you, you really should read this book. It really changed my life. And it was at a time where you really were not into personal growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we started dating. You were staying a lot with me in Orlando. I was going to my 12-step meetings. A friend of mine, he's sort of been like my personal development guardian angel, Paul Lewis, showed up and said... Uh, hey, you know, do you want to go to the Landmark Forum with me? And so I ended up going to the Landmark Forum. Of course, at the last minute, he backed out and couldn't go. So I did the forum on my own, and I ended up doing their next program called the Advanced Series. And for, for those of you not familiar with Landmark, it's a, it's a, it's a transformational program, a two-and-a-half-day transformational program. And that was the first time I'd ever gone to, like, an event. And then he, uh, Paul invited me to go to Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within. And you and I ended up going to that event. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of resistance to this. I, there, there was this idea that, hey, like you should just get through. Per it was kind of like everything that you were believing at that time. Like just get through it and get done with it and get to the top and get to the end of it. Now well, you're done with personal growth. Yeah, I just like my mentality was like, why do you need to think about this or analyze what happened and why it happened? It's like, get it over with. If something happened, that's okay. Things happen. Then just trust that things are always going to be okay for you, right? right. And, and the difference between you and I is that I grew up in a household where our faith was unshakable and, and it still, still is. Like a belief right? in like, God. Yeah, I believe in God. I, I feel God next to me, in me all the time. So I was not dealing with that, like feeling alone or what is it going to happen? I all, I grew up with that trust that no matter what happened, God is always going to take care of me. So the idea that I needed to work on myself to improve myself and understand why I'm the way that I am, like it didn't even make sense to me. And I remember telling you several times, it's like, aren't you fixed already? Right. 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 But that's not really true that you didn't feel alone. There were times when you felt alone. You wanted to find a relationship in a man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like finding a relationship, but I always felt supported on like everything else. Yeah. Obviously. You had strong, you had very strong belief. Yeah. Right. You, had, yeah. You, you didn't have a lot of doubt. You didn't have doubt about what you were capable of. Uh, you didn't, you didn't experience a lot of um, feeling unsafe in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially as a, a, an, a an older woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people do feel that way. Right. They feel unsafe. 
and again, that's where I came from, right? Like consistently feeling unsafe. Yeah. And, and like the feeling like, and I remember having this conversation with you, it's like, okay, what happens? Like, financial insecurity is a big one. Like what happens if I lose everything? And to me, it's like, well, if you lose everything, you lose everything. Sure. And then you start all over again. Right. And, and for me, I mean, I come from humble beginnings. We didn't have money. Like sometimes friends or family members will have to help us uh, with uh, supporting us, with giving us food. And when I came to the United States, we didn't have anything, just one suitcase. So when you, when you get to a place where you don't have anything, then you realize that's not the end of the world and you can make yourself up again. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fear around money, financial insecurity. I mean, I grew up in Orange County, California, an upper middle class family. We always had, and that was really tied as well, I think, to our self-esteem, right? This idea of success, of making money. And so we, we had different fears. You didn't trust men. You were certainly driven by success as I was too. And we got to this place where I happened to be really immersed in personal growth and I think at that time, too, it was sort of this idea you had of like, you know, you just sort of pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you keep moving on because you didn't have, I didn't even have at that time an understanding of like, no, you're going to keep manifesting this stuff in your life. Like this, these, these old emotions and traumas and beliefs are stored in your brain and in your nervous system. And you're going to continue to either, you know, you unconsciously make decisions and continue to perpetuate being betrayed by men or me continue to make decisions and continue to feel like I'm not good enough or I'm not safe or life is going to conspire, uh, right? Respond to th those emotions that we're consistently expressing at a very unconscious level. And I think something about going to the Tony Robbins event, I think, changed that for you, didn't it? Yeah. What, yeah. what, what was it? So remember when you told me that you were going to Tony Robbins and you were like so afraid that I was going to get Yeah, because at, at the last minute, Paul couldn't go. And he's like, hey, why don't you take Carol? And we had just had this conversation where you said like, no more personal growth. Don't spend more money. Yeah, don't spend more growth. money. Let's go on a vacation. Don't spend more time. And, uh, and I remember I came to you and I was like, hey, babe, what do you think about going to like a, a concert in Texas? And you're like, a concert? She's like, who's performing? I'm like, well, no one's really performing, but there's a lot of music. And it's kind of like a personal development concert. You're like, personal <laughs> development concert? What are you talking about? I'm like, okay. It's a Tony Robbins event. And I was shocked that you said... I knew of him. Yeah, I knew of him too. I, in fact, when Paul invited me, I didn't know actually a lot about Tony Robbins, believe it or not, even up until... 2015-ish mm -hmm. when we when we went, 2014, 2015, I had never really consumed any of his stuff. I just knew him as the infomer mm -hmm. the giant infomercial guy, mm -hmm. uh, motivational guy. But Paul said, listen, you've shared with me your vision of what you want to create. And there's a guy out there creating it, you know, Tony Robbins. He's done these big events and you should probably go check it out. And so you you went with me, but something happened there where you drank the personal development Kool-Aid. Yeah. So I mean if you remember about a week before you invited me to that event, I remember it was a Sunday and we were sitting in the living room and I got so upset, right? And, and I was sad and I shared with you, I, I remember I, start, I started crying and say, babe, I, I, I don't want to live our life this way. I feel like we are always like on top of like our group of friends and our circle of friends were always the ones pulling them and inspiring them and uh, trying to like think outside the box and, and think differently. And I say to you, I don't think life 
has to be that way. I want to feel like I'm constantly growing. I want to have friends or mentors that I can look after. And that when I share something that I want, uh, they actually encourage me instead of like, oh, no, 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 that's dangerous. Because that was the type of environment that we were in. And I remember also sharing with you and I say, and I want to travel the world now. No, when I retire, not when I'm old, not after like I have lived my life. I want to start traveling the world now. I want to go to every single continent. I want to live life. And I cry. And as a result of that, I think we book a vacation to Thailand. That was like our first like long trip together. And then we went to this Tony Robbins event. And I remember the first thing that happened was Tony did a kind of like a process of bringing memories of the past and like doing some healing. And obviously the occurrences of my life, my childhood with my stepfather, they came, they came forward where I kind of like buried them. I did my Carol way of dealing with things, just put them over there, just put some <laughs> uh, dirt on top of it and don't even look at it. Well, it came up, I worked through it. But then something very distinct happened where Tony was on stage with Sage, his wife. It was very dark. They were holding hands. They were playing a song. And I remember looking at them and thinking of my dream again. And like, oh my God, this is it. And I remember holding your hand and I knew it. It was this knowingness in my heart that this is what we're going to do. Oh, not that you were going to marry Tony Robbins. No, it was oh, not married. Okay, it. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you. I, I wasn't sure. But I, I remember I knew it. Like it was so, it was so truth to myself, to every cell in my body. Like this is what I'm going to do. This is my destiny. This is my mission. And I hold your hand and I was crying. And I was anti-personal development up until that point, And I experienced it. And then I say, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And then they offered that platinum program that we joined, uh, which include like trips to different countries and, and um, a community of people, like uh, mind-liked pe uh, people that they will uh, be together with you for a year, travel together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I really want. And I, I like the people that we met at the event. So... It just brought back the conversation that we had a week ago about leveling up our circle of friends, doing something different. And I say, okay, this is it. This is it. I felt it. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for my answer. And I think that was a crucial moment in my life where I knew and I felt like, okay, this is what I'm destined to do. I didn't know how civil engineer working in sales and and um, at that point led company and i knew that no what i'm going to do is i'm going to help people have a better experience of their life and we're going to do it together yeah that, that how piece right was the was really this cloud moving forward like we committed to this idea of helping people and you know, one of the things that we've discovered over time is that if, for example, your passion is to help people, you just start helping people. You know, if your passion is to help women become more confident, well, do that while you're in the Starbucks line, mm -hmm. right? And you have a conversation with another woman who's not feeling particularly confident. Like, be that person now. And 
unconsciously that's that's what was happening like i was i was so passionate about supporting other people and i had started to go down the rabbit trail deep enough from landmark forum to tony robbins to we were in sedona we did myofascial release uh, and somatic work releasing trauma from our bodies we did a trip to india we stayed there for three weeks we studied in the ashrams i was continuing to do my recovery work getting into my meditation practice breath work uh, you know, a couple of years later, we started getting into um, in indigenous work, plant medicine, ayahuasca ceremony, cold plunging and cold therapy. I mean, it was really this whole holistic approach to how could I transform who I was? Well, you weren't necessarily jumping on the cold plunge with me, but 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 doing everything else. But we still didn't really know how we were going to help people. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we we did a one day workshop in Orlando. We rented a little classroom at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. And for the few weeks before that, we were handing out little postcards around the lake and we were putting them in the sushi restaurant and the yoga, the yoga studio about how there's this, you know, one day workshop, it's $97. And we invited, you know, my friends and, and they brought some friends. We ended up with like 23 people in a workshop where we delivered the first version of the Powerful Living Experience, which is nothing like what the event is today, right? There was no music. There was, it wasn't in a convention center. It was just 20, 23 people. And, and I shared everything that I knew at that point in time. And once I finished, I was like, okay, we're done. And if you remember, like everyone sort of lined up, like all 23 people to come up to the front and say like, hey, this was the most amazing experience. Like you've changed my life forever. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there was no offer. There was no coaching program. There was no nothing, but we were just being right. Transformation for others. There was that time that I, you were downstairs with Dexter, our chihuahua, you were taking him for a walk and an Uber driver had dropped me off at the condo. And he was hugging you. Yeah, he got out of the car and he hugged me and cried because we started having a conversation where he, like all of us, he was getting it backwards. He thought he had to do all these things before he could be Mm -hmm. present for his kid rather than be present for your kid. And then you'll have the energy to create all of these things. And so you, you and I really got committed and we, we, we started studying how do we get our message out there? And this was around 2015. I, I think we started with like Brendan Burchard. We did all of his programs. I uh, did a Les Brown training, Chalene a two-day Johnson, speaker training, Shalene Johnson, yeah. Frank Kern, yeah. right? We spent $15,000 in two days to be in a room with Frank Kern while he was talking about sophisticated marketing automation systems. You actually went and got certified in, uh, in, in a, a, Infusionsoft, yeah. a marketing automation uh, software. So you could start building these email sequences. I learned how to run Facebook ads. We were like, okay, we got it. Like the experts say, create a digital program, run some Facebook ads, and you're going to be able to start helping people and, you know, and also generating some income because, you know, we, we didn't have a ton of income coming in at that time. You were doing some consulting. I had my old business, which was sort of on autopilot, but we, you know, we were investing a lot in ourselves. And uh, I remember I had a job. Yeah, you were, you went and, back into insurance. And, and uh, when I decided that I wanted to do this, remember that I quit. I came back from Tony Robbins, uh, the Tony Robbins event, and about three weeks later, I quit my job. Yeah, I think Tony Robbins has a significant impact on the increase in unemployment rate. Like you go to you go to a Tony <laughs> Robbins event, you just quit your job without really having a plan as to what yeah. happens next. But yeah, you you were make you had a six figure job which was really generating most of the income coming in for us. Yes. And you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I quit today. And I said, well, maybe we should have had a conversation about this. And you said, no, we, 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 we're we, I'm all this. in. We're going to do this. Yeah. And we launched our first digital program. And, and I remember nobody bought. And we launched, then we, we created a second. The first digital program 
was I, I was I wanted to help people in twelve step because I saw that people kind of got stuck in recovery. They weren't like moving on to expand their life and and live their purpose and 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 move towards their destiny. In fact, when you get sober, a lot of times the people around you are like, "Hey, be careful! Like, don't go out and try to live your life too much because that could trigger your addiction." At least that was my experience and my interpretation. And I was like, no, actually, the reason why there's such a high relapse rate is because you have to move forward in a healthy way. Like, that's what spirit is calling you to do. Like, this expansion is natural. And so when you're not in this expansion, you experience more stress, more anxiety, more misery, more suffering. And then, of course, right there for addicts is whatever the addictive thing is, right? Mm -hmm. For non-quote-unquote addicts, even though I think we, we all have compulsion and addiction, addictive behaviors, especially around our limiting beliefs and our negative thinking, right? You're doing Netflix or you're, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're over-consuming the news or you know, you're expressing it through anger, somehow. social media, yeah, whatever it is. And so we, we launched that first program for, for people in recovery, but nobody bought it. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of emails. I mean, your video series is so good, but why would I spend $497 for a digital course? We when still I, have some people. When I can go to a meeting that, for yeah. $2. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then we pivoted and we created a whole new digital program, a whole new Facebook campaign, a whole new everything, all the email copy. I mean, man, it probably took us four months of straight Manifest. work to launch Manifest, which was explaining to all the people who are excited about law of attraction how it actually works yeah. so that they could apply it, apply it and integrate it in their life. And then I think what we realized is like all the really diehard law of attraction people were people who really didn't have any money. They, they really, really needed to manifest. And then so finally we settled on entrepreneurs. They wanted to manifest before They wanted to manifest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they wanted to manifest before stretching into a program to teach them how to manifest. And then we settled on entrepreneurs with the MindHack program. Yes. And that, that MindHack program that we created, you know, that was actually part of, we hired a consultant in 2016 because we said, hey, in 2017, we're going to do our first live event, the Powerful Living Experience. And the consultant said, well, you need to, you need to create something that you can sell from stage. Go out and speak and sell stuff from stage. So we created the MindHack program because we needed a thing to sell. And it ended up being this magical, transformative, like super powerful seven-day do-it-yourself program. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was so beautiful how that came to existence. I, I remember it was like five days that you and I, it was just you and I, we will meet, we will brainstorm. I call it, we were broadcasting from... <laughs> up there uh, because he just... He, oh, you mean like we were receiving a transmission? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was just coming so clear. Yeah. I remember us just drawing these graphics and just kind of explaining how how our mind works and then how how each tool work, how we tool work it. And then we were recording these episodes, these modules, and it, it was so in flow. Yeah. There was no effort. It was like it was coming and we created this beautiful, beautiful program that's still available. I mean, we still have a lot of people that they buy it and they keep telling us, hey, this changed my life. Sure. And so yeah, th those were amazing. Yeah, and that's times. what happens when you're when when you're in those moments of non-resistance well, and you're connected to your your spiritual vision, then all the pieces start to come into place. And that's really as a result of, you know, creating space and allowing, which we're going to talk about here in a second. And, but so we created the MindHack program and we went out and we spoke and we sold the MindHack program. I felt like it was like 
it was like it reminds me of the old Wayne Dyer stories. Like the story was when he wrote his first book, he was basically going from city to city, like handing him out of the trunk of his car. And I don't know if that's true. And you can't hand a digital program out of the trunk of your car, but that's how it felt, right? We yeah. were going from anywhere that where people would hear our message and allow me to speak, and then we'd say, Hey, you know, if you really want to overcome your limiting beliefs, you gotta get this program called the Mind Hack Program. And it came with tickets to the Powerful Living Experience. And so in January of 2017, we had the first Powerful Living Experience and 330 people showed up. Yeah. And it was an amazing event. And then we did it again in 2018 and we had about 550 people. And then we did it again in 2019. We had 800 and a little over 800 people. And then we were, we were, we were rolling into 2020, right? And we had 1200 people registered for the powerful living experience. And then the pandemic, the pandemic hit. It was actually the weekend of the pandemic, but we still held the event and about 550 people showed up. We affectionately called that event the arc because the rest of the world was going through a flood. And it was the most amazing group of people because they were more afraid of their limiting beliefs and not achieving their full potential than they were a killer virus. Yeah. And that event was unbelievable. And over the course of those four years, we built a massive coaching company. I mean, we built the business up to about $8 million a year. We did $25 million. Over those four or five years, we were number 171 on the Inc. 500, um, the fastest growing, single fastest growing coaching consulting company in America. We were doing retreats taking our, our one-year legendary coaching clients it's to these amazing locations from Guatemala to Mexico to Lake Tahoe to Vail and really going deep on business, on personal growth, on wealth and health and relationships. And I think from the outside in, everything looked like it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, a lot of it was it perfect. Was, like, it was we, working. We enjoyed it for the years that, that, that we were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a pleasure. To but I think, I think we noticed even before 2020, cause that changed everything in our business for a couple of years. I mean, we were a live event, a seminar based business. We had to pivot to virtual. And then in 2021, there was the Apple iOS update, which threw off Facebook targeting. So our mm-hmm. primary source of advertising, dried up and we had built up this momentum of an organization right where you know we're we're a real company we've got 20 to 30 employees and cash flow but even before that happened i feel like we could have sensed that there was a it was almost like the business started having a, a momentum or direction of its own and it was moving in a direction that really wasn't in alignment with where we wanted to go next but I don't know how aware of it we were. Like we were aware of the tension, but we we kept doing the same things. Yeah, I think when, so, so you share already that we first did a program for uh, sobriety to prosperity, yep. right? And then we're like, okay, this is not going to work. We need to change our ideal client and we create a manifest. And then we realized that maybe working with people that were more like us, that we could make uh, a difference. And we ended up kind of like settling on helping entrepreneurs. Yes, And we knew, and we, we know, we have known this now for since we became aware of personal development and how it impacts our lives, that mindset is the key to everything, even to a, uh, to a thriving business. But we were also so good at business 
that somehow we created this program where we were not only offering and supporting people with their mindset, but then we were also sharing all of the strategies that worked for us. And we were so excited. Yeah, that we built a great were, business curriculum. We, we have an amazing, we still do have an amazing business curriculum and it, 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 it actually uh, create results for our clients. And I do recall several times where you and I will have conversations and we go, but we're leaning too much into the business because somehow the questions in the group calls or whenever we were meeting with our tribe, there were questions about business, but we knew like kind of like you can, you can read between the lines that the issue was not that they were not selecting the right ideal client or they didn't have the right messaging or the right product. It was deeper than that. And it was something in their mindset that was keeping them in stock. So we saw this throughout the years, but I think that because the business was giving us the results, what we humans often do is like, well, if it's working, if it's ain't broken, don't, don't change it. Right. So it was working. The business angle was selling. So we kept pushing leading that with business. Leaning, leading with business. And we had conversations like, yeah, but what about mindset? We're kind of like walking away a little bit from mindset, but it was just like this underlining uh, conversation. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, our, our vision has always been to bring next level transformation to millions and millions and millions of people. But oftentimes in our lives, we think, well, yeah, I'll do that once I get this other thing done. Yeah. Right. Once, once I can, I can get my business coaching program selling again, or once I can get up to a five million or ten million dollar company, and I can hire the resources, then I'll make the pivot to go do the thing that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. I'll spend more time with the kids once I get these other pieces of my life under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get it backwards because actually, if you go and you get the foundational things done, if you follow your vision, then you know the miraculous things happen to organize those other pieces in your life that you're trying to control. And we, in, in 2021, when our Facebook ads stopped performing, it was November 2021, and I said to you, I said, no, this is now, this is the sign, right? Like, we've been talking about it. I've been saying I want to launch the podcast. We want to get the information and the philosophy and the frameworks out to as many people as possible through YouTube and through social media. We need to develop some product lines so that you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can be whatever. You could be a business owner. You could be a, a professional working somewhere. You could be a stay-at-home mom. You could be a college student, but you can access the transformational teachings. I said, we have to go do this. And you agreed with me at that time. But I panicked. Yeah, I know. I did too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I knew that that's what we actually were meant to do. And again, it's just so difficult when you have something that has worked, that you have like track record that it works to kind of like stop, look at it and say, maybe it's not meant to work anymore. Or maybe it's not working anymore. Let me see what other possibilities I have in front of us. We humans get too comfortable with what is known, even if it's not working. Because my response to that, I mean, I'm probably the, the, the reason why this podcast uh, didn't come into existence in the last three, like you've been pushing it for almost four years, is because for me, a podcast was not a priority. The priority was to create more content for our business curriculum, because that was bringing the revenue. So we knew in 2021, you actually, you push harder, like we need to 
reinvent ourselves, let's launch the podcast. We need to bring mindset to people because this is what people are needing. Well, especially now with everything going on in the world, right? Yeah. And at the same time, but I was responding with what has gotten me to where I was at that point. It's like, no, we keep pushing. We keep trying harder. So I I remember back then I was working probably like 60, 80 hours a week. And I'm like, if I have to work more, I will. But I am going to make this work. That was my mentality. I will not give up. I will make it work. And that was my beginning of bringing myself to a point of breakdown. Yeah, we spent uh, almost 16 months from that point in time trying to get our online advertising back working again. We 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 tried the uh, the free Facebook group strategy, running running ads into there, and there were a lot of signs that we it, had so it, many it wasn't the direction to be moving in. We were we were we were hiring and firing a lot of salespeople and appointment setters and uh, director of sales. Then we, then we found another agency later in the year who said, oh, no, you can go back and do the things you were doing before. Just the previous agency you were working with hadn't implemented it the right way. And all of a sudden, we were in April of 2023, and we were headed to India. And, and back in that November of 2021, I remember you said, no, we, we have to figure out how to get our, our business and mindset coaching program selling again. Otherwise, we're not going to have the revenue to you know, be yep. around a year and a half from now. We're not going to be able to, you know, have enough people at the Powerful Living Experience to drive the business forward and to make the impact and have the type of event that we want to have. Uh, and so here we were a year and a half later, and we were going to India with 50 people from our legendary program. And something happened in, in the business that sort of, you know, sparked this conversation between you and I, where I said, hey, you realize, like, we never got it to work again since November of 2021, but here we still are. Mm-hmm. And and we needed 2022 to happen. And this is where it's really interesting because I don't think we could have done it any differently. I think the principles that we're talking about are important. Hey, start to become aware of when you're feeling out of alignment and create some space to take a look at it. Hey, there's going to be a time in your life or in your business growth where the thing that's been working isn't the thing that's going to get you to the next level and you're going to be afraid to let it go, but you have to let it go to create the space for something new to come in. Because 2022 was pivotal. You were pregnant with, with Gabriel. And I think it was, around, it was around March of 2022. We had tried to hire several director of operations to take over for you. And we were unsuccessful at that. I was having health, some health challenges. Nothing serious, but it was really bogging me down. You were very tense because you had made this unconscious decision that you needed to replace yourself before the baby was going to be born because he was he was coming up in August. And, uh, and we were living in a temporary place because we were remodeling the home we had purchased in Puerto Rico. And I, I came home one day, I think after an argument that we had, I went for a walk and I just could not shake the tension. And I've shared this in another episode but I basically had a nervous breakdown. I, got, I took a cold shower. I, I started yelling. We had done enough somatic release work that I knew that I needed to like emote. I needed to make noises to move the tension through and out of my body. And as a result of that breakdown that night, I got back into my 12-step program. And I was working the 12 steps, not around my alcohol or my drug addiction or pornography addiction, but around worry. 
And I started to see things in the steps technology that were just incredible. And I started studying Louise Hay's work a little bit more around self-love and self-esteem and our ability to heal the body. And I actually went back into my own work and the mind hack program and the power of decision and the two states of being and, and, and the body of work that was coming through me had been, had been expanding. And what I realized was that this was the process of contraction right? Just like we see in the birth process that was preceding the next expansion. Mm -hmm. And as I came through the other side of that over a very, very difficult, you know, three or four months in the the middle of 2022, that gave birth to the whole human framework, Mm -hmm. which, which is the transformational program that we were meant to bring to millions of people that didn't exist back in November of 2021. That's why I'm saying like, you you know, it's, I think it so, to happen yeah, so, so often we judge what we've done because we can look backwards and go, oh, well, if I had known then what I knew now, and it's like, yeah, but you didn't know then what you now know. You had to go through that segment of the hero's journey where there's this contraction and these emotions that don't feel good, that if you have the tools to allow them to work through your system, ex- create this expansion and bring you the new ideas and change your perspective and get all the cooperative components and synchronicities and coincidences working because it was through that breakdown in the beginning of 2022 that the whole human framework was born mm-hmm. and that I actually discovered my core program, which is worry and learned how to surrender my core program. And at the same time, you were going through your own contraction. So we were really in this birthing process, not only of you actually giving birth to Gabriel over during that period of time, but of us rebirthing the business and ourselves. Yeah. And it's, and it's important to understand because I think we all go through these, these rebirthing processes. It's not a thing that happens once you get to a point where the vision that you had has become achieved. And then there's another contraction. And as you work through those contractions, which I mean, listen, I'm not going to pretend I'm speaking from experience because I only witnessed you in labor. So I'm not going to be one of those men who tries to pretend like I know what that's like because I I don't and I never will. But I saw the discomfort of the contractions. Mm-hmm. And and that was and that is a natural part of the process, but we want to avoid like you know, because we don't understand that this is what's happening, we want to kill the contraction. We want to end the contraction. We want to medicate the contraction. We want to avoid the contraction. But if you really want to move into this next level of creation. vision that you of creation or wealth or health or purpose or whatever it is, there there ain't a way to circumvent it. Mm-hmm. And so we we experience that, and in that process, we we learn so much of what we're teaching people now around how to how to how to work with life, mm-hmm. how to have faith, how to not hustle and grind, how to create space, how to do these things that we hear about, but we've never really understood how, like allow and surrender. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that here in a second, but you know, my contraction was through overwhelm, but yours was through letting go of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, as you were saying, 2022 was a, the year, the, the year of birth rebirthing and birthing so for me we were talking about starting a family we were ready to start a family and somewhere in that journey i made an unconscious decision that in order for me to be a good mom because i wanted to be a good mom 
I needed to replace myself in the business. So I decided that I could not do both well at the same time. I'd either had my business as my baby or I have a baby. So I started this quest to replace myself. I had a plan like everything else, right? I, I planned it all out. I needed to, uh, to hire a director of operations, a project manager, an executive assistant. Yeah, we needed a whole team to replace yeah, you. Yeah, I, need, I needed three people to replace myself and we started uh, hiring all those people. We did hire quite a few like amazing people. Like the resumes were, were flawless, like the experience that they had. They did the assignments well that we put people through. Their references were incredible. And then the second they got into the position, it's like somebody put the stupid spell on them. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I couldn't believe it. It was mind blowing. Like it's, it's like, why is this person behaving this way? Mistake after mistake. And there I was always not trusting that someone else could do it like I do, and I needed to document everything, create a standard operating procedures of the things that I was doing so I could train these new people according to my standards, how I do it. So all of that is control, 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 control. We fire. I fire several of them. Some of them quit. A couple of my really good employees probably were in the, on, uh, at the brink of quitting as well. And all of this happened and time was of essence because I was about to give birth. And uh, I remember I was so stressed out and I will not listen to David. I will not let David coach me through it. So David being very creative, he actually sourced to one of our friends. He's a very good friend of ours and mentor. And he kind of like asked him to intervene and uh, have a conversation with me. And through this friendor, uh, he helped me realize, right? So the three of us were on a call and we were talking about what was happening. And he actually helped me see that I made this decision without any space. It just like, if I try to pinpoint when I decided that I couldn't be a mom and a business owner, I don't recall, but I created a whole journey around that, a whole story that it needed to happen. And it was making myself miserable. And then I was feeling worse because I didn't want my baby to experience the feelings that I was experiencing as I was frustrated because I couldn't find someone uh, to, replace me, to replace me. So when we had that call with, with, with our friend, he asked this very simple question, which nobody asked before, not even myself. And he's like, well, what, what's the reason that you cannot do both? Why you cannot do both? Be a mom and continue working in your business and I'm like I don't know I guess I can and the moment I say that I'm like oh wow I can do both I don't have to let go of my business uh, but it was very clear that it was not going to work the way that I was doing it up to that point because nothing would move in the company without my approval I was approving the copy. I was approving a marketing ideas, sales ideas. Everything had to go through my desk uh, to be approved before it went, it went live. And I guess life has had this teaching for me. Life knew that, okay, Carol, you're ready for your next level of evolution. I didn't know. And put me in a situation that while I was pregnant, I had a somehow, it was an easy pregnancy, but there was something that was very uncomfortable, which was this morning sickness that lasted the whole day. And through this morning sickness, there were days that I couldn't even get up. I couldn't look at the computer. I had to lay down and I was 
kind of forced to be there and make space for myself, where otherwise I would have not done it. Because for me, life was more comfortable if I have every second of it filled with something. And my business was the perfect setup for that to be accomplished because there is always something when you own your business. There is always something that needed to be done. So I, I got to a place where I had to sit still and do nothing. What I discovered in those moments was space, but I didn't know what to do with it, right? So what I ended up doing with that space was freaking out even more because in my head, all what I could do is just complain about the people that we hire not doing a good job and we're not going to be able to do this and I'm not going to be able to let go of my job and just kept on this looping thoughts process until I had that conversation with, with our friender and I realized that I needed to let go of control that I was pretty much a control freak. Yeah, it's, it's interesting the language you use too, because for you, you were a control freak. I was a worrier. My brother was going through something similar at the same time where we realized that his core program was shame mm-hmm. and guilt. And we started seeing that there was sort of this super limiting belief that every single person around us had, and so many people were challenged with it at around the same time, because we were surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners too. And so as their businesses were contracting, the way to, to expansion was actually letting go of the personality and the ways of being that they had perceived had gotten them to where they were. But it was a terrifying thing to do because yeah. y- you're not aware of what's next. You don't know you don't how know. to be different. And so what you're really being asked to do is to stop doing the thing that has become your go-to way of taking care of yourself, of feeling safe, of succeeding, and just stop doing that thing. And so, you know, the mind says, well, then what else do I do? And it's almost like this free fall, right, experience into it. And it's one of the beautiful things about the core program, you know, which we spend three weeks on working through uh, when when we take everyone through the whole human framework is that it forces you into a deeper relationship with spirit and with yourself. It forces you into trust because it's not one of those things where you go, well, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to do this. It's just like, no, you're going to stop yeah. controlling. And I remember that conversation we had with our friend Tor where he helped you see the fear you had around people making mistakes mm-hmm. and the irony of, well, we have to let people make mistakes. Otherwise, they can never self-correct and they can improve. And so you were spending all this time running around preventing mistakes before they happened. Yeah. And so the, the, the team was never really motivated to, to self-correct. This process that we went through gave birth to the pivot of the whole organization. The space that was created as you stopped controlling and I stopped worrying and we both started trusting more and we focused on our own self-care and our well-being. All of a sudden, our team started performing at a higher level and the answers we were looking for that we were trying to brute force around, well, what do we do next in the business? They just emerged. The whole human framework just emerged. The whole human network just showed up in the space, in our willingness to go, we don't know what's next, but we know that we're not going to bring what we've been doing into this present moment anymore. I mean, it sounds simple, 
in a sense, like, okay, what's your core program? And it's, it's somehow easy to identify what it is because you see it reflected on everything that you do in your life. Like for me, control on everything, how or my house needs to be organized, where the shoes should go, uh, where the car should be parked, like everything. It, it was it's just control, control, control. And then realizing that that's my core program, right? So our friender and you helped me realize that. I knew it. But then, like you say, all what you need to do is just stop doing that. Stop using that. But it's not simple. It's simple. Right? It's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. It's, yeah. it's actually extremely difficult. Yeah, you're so habited to it. Yeah. And, and, and I think I was fortunate enough that I'm married to, I mean, I'm a little biased, but someone who I think is the best at what you do at helping people with their mindset, like identifying their core program and, and helping them improve their way of being. And you help me navigate through those times because I remember something as simple as me uh, giving a task to my project manager and say, hey, the deadline is two days from now at this time, being super specific on the time where it needed to be done. But that was according to my standards on how fast I do things. She was with us only for a few months. And I never even thought it can take her twice that amount of time. And for me getting that anxiety of like, I need to check if she's already working on it. And you helping me navigate through that process of actually not doing it. Like you helping me with tools of what to do instead. Like let's go for a walk or let's take the dog out or let's have a cup of tea. So it sounds like it's not a big deal, but it was a huge deal for me. And it, what it really helped me was you helping me navigate through what to do to start breaking from uh, that behavior. And through that also, it came that my, that realization that I have for like, oh, what I need is just insert space. Because with the space, everything comes to fruition. And at the end of the day, my project manager will finish the things that I was asking do a good job at it, uh, and I didn't have to panic or start thinking about it. So thank you <laughs> for helping me that way. You're welcome. Well, thank you for being an example of, of the core program and working through it because the beauty, and again, the, what I'm wanting to communicate from this conversation is that we both started out in places where we lack clarity and life guided us in miraculous ways on our own individual journeys and as we came together into a collective journey. Mm -hmm. And there was a period of time where, even though we were clear, we struggled to create what we wanted to create. We were launching digital program after digital program. It took us a couple of years. There were times where we wanted to give up. And then we created what our vision was. And then as we were living in our vision, it sort of built up a momentum based on who we had been when we created it. But we were being called to change. Mm -hmm to expand our consciousness, to become more available, to increase our capacity for the next level of our vision. And so the old vision stops working and it's supposed to stop working. And it's so obvious. Well, right? I don't know. It became obvious for us. Now we see how obvious Sure, looking it was. backwards, I think yeah. when you're in the midst of this, it's not obvious at all. It's like, yeah. oh my God, I spent all this time and energy trying to get to this point and now it's not working and I got to get it to rework again. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the interesting things is you're now starting to play the game rather than to win. You're playing the game to not lose what you've created. Mm -hmm. And so everything moves you into this kind of fight or flight, parasympathetic, unresourced state. 
but that's actually part of the process too, because, you know, at some point you, you acquiesce, (laughs) you go, okay, I got it. Like, I guess this isn't the way that it's supposed to work. And the transition point there, which is what we're wanting people to understand, because I think so few people understand it is at that point in time, what you're being called to do is let go of the core of who you've become Mm -hmm. so that the, there can be the space for the emergence of the next level of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's very scary because life or spirit or universe or God doesn't show you what's next first. You're, you're, you're called to let go of what you've been using to hold on to life. It's very much like that Steve Harvey YouTube video around standing on the cliff of life and you have to jump. But it's only after you jump that you realize you have a parachute and the parachute will open. It doesn't open before you jump. And so that's what happens. And, and the, the way to work through, I think many of us realize that there's something going on in our behavior that feels compulsive, that feels addictive, that feels that is crippling and limiting in our lives. Like we sense that. Sometimes it's this constant thinking or feeling that I don't matter, right? We found that to be a core program for a lot of people. Or things don't work out for me. Uh, Or it's not fair. Life's not fair. But we don't really know what to do with it. And no matter how much personal growth you do and no matter how many tools you apply, you just can't seem to to, to change this thing. Because the key is this isn't one that you change. It's a thing that you let go of. And so... The beautiful thing about all this is that what life is asking us to do is, um, is enjoy ourselves. It's asking us to go and do energizing things. You know, I spoke to a woman at our last event, our legendary business event in Mexico, and, and she was kind of having her, a, a, a breakdown in the middle of the event. And she said, you know, I've only got four months of cash flow left in my business and I think it's crazy. What am I doing? I should go back and I should get a job. And so I helped her calm down. I helped her see that in the worst case scenario, she can go get a job or, you know, there's so many things you could do right now as a side hustle. You know, we mentioned several times drive an Uber. You can go crash with some friends. You're going to be okay. You're safe. And she said, but what's my business plan? And I said, well, what were you, what were all the things that you were doing before? Cause she started talking about how she's been isolating. She's been stressed. She said, yeah, I used to volunteer at such and such thing that I was passionate about once a week. I used to go to dinner with friends. I used to go to church once a week. And I go, well, here's your business plan. You're going to go back to volunteer. You're going to have dinner with your friends and you're going to go back to church. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, how is that going to help me figure out my business? I said, because you're going to stop doing your core program, trying to figure all this stuff out or however it's showing up. And you're going to create the space and you're going to plug back into energy. And in that space, the answers are going to come. But it's very counterintuitive. It's very counterintuitive. Hey, Carol, you're going to actually start working less. Don't control as much. And that's actually going to lead your team to make fewer mistakes. It's like, well, how does that make any sense? I was fortunate because I was forced into that state. Correct, yeah. Because I physically... You had morning sickness. I couldn't get up. Well, that's life working for you. (laughs) Because I could, yeah, I could see how I I, I will fight it. I mean, I was actually fighting it. Uh, yeah. through the whole process. Yeah. But you developed a mantra. Once I helped you understand that, hey, you don't really need to do anything other than don't be controlling. Yes. Right? And you're like, well, what should I do? I'm like, anything else. Mm-hmm. But you developed your own process, which I think was it was really helpful. Yeah. So because you made me aware, right? And I, I know how to be controlling. And then... I know how to worry. 
Yeah, and, and then I knew how to actually like physically take an action, meaning the uh, being controlling is by sending an email trying to follow up on the status of something. So I could stop that. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to send the email. But this one here, I could not stop it. So even though I didn't send the email, I was sending the freaking email in my head over and over again. Mm. So I was still exercising the controlling part right. of it's me. A, it's a compulsion. It's an addiction. It's a, it's, that, that's, why the, that's why some of the aspects of the 12 steps are so effective Yeah, here. and I, I think, I mean, if you get deeper into our work, you will understand that it doesn't matter if you do or don't do the thing. If you keep rehearsing it, here is the same you, thing. You're keeping it's the neural the networks going. the same energetics. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I'm not sending the email to my, to my team... I'm injecting that energy into the relationship and I'm going to get the same result. So what I did, because you kept telling me, well, you don't do controlling. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing controlling. I don't know how to get it out of my mind. Do anything else. So what I decided to do was there, there was this beautiful song that just catch my attention from one of our plant medicine journeys uh, that it has, um, it, it, it goes like this. It says, I release control and surrender to the flow of love that will heal me. And I really felt it in me, like I like just telling myself, I release control and I surrender. And I change it a little bit. I say, I release control and I surrender to receive help. I release control and I surrender to others helping me. So every time that like I was able to not send the email or call and follow up on something, but my mind was going in that direction, I will just repeat that mantra over and over and over until I was not even thinking about it anymore. And then I will move on to something else. And that created this space for me to stop doing the controlling. And now, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, I'm working probably, I don't know, four or five hours a day. And the rest of the, the day I'm dedicated it to my son, to my family. But it was because I let go of that control. And I have an amazing team that is taking care of everything even better than I would have done it. Yeah. And I'm recording podcasts and sharing these teachings to more and more people. And we've got the whole human framework, which is just such an unbelievable 10-week, 12-step program for people to go through. And we're building the whole human network, which is this community. Uh, and we're decentralizing sort of me as the teacher guru and empowering other people how to live in personal development on a daily basis and be able to spread personal development to other people while making a business out of it. It's just, it's a superior model. And, and it's important to emphasize all those things came after, mm -hmm. right? After we let go of the way we had been, where a lot of people would say, well, let me figure this thing out and then I'll let go of the bad habits. Uh, and so we get it backwards. And I think, you know, that, that story of us going through 2022 as a rebirthing process and an actual birthing process is exactly what's happening in the world today. The world is forcing you to grow. You know, the world is forcing you to take more personal responsibility. The world is forcing you to, in many instances, to pursue your passion that you've been afraid to pursue because you've been comfortable maybe in the job that you have. Or the world is forcing you to rethink, you know, your children's education because of the pandemic and now you're starting to homeschool and you're taking more personal responsibility for, you know, how your children are growing up or for your body, right? It's like all the stuff that we're discovering now that just wasn't true about, what occurred during the pandemic, which is making us rethink like health and, 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 and the way that we handle 
handle these types of situations and who we listen to. Like there's so much rethinking and reconsideration going on in the world. And I believe, and I know you believe too, because we've talked about it, that the, the way to navigate through what seems like increasing uncertainty and chaos is to become even more solid in yourself and to be even more available for space and for spiritual guidance, that there's more opportunity than ever before if you can let go of the old personality and allow yourself to really be led. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was so, in hindsight, it was a blessing to go through 2022 the way that it went for us. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, the hardest, the hardest year ever. The hardest year ever with the pregnancy and the home, the home remodel, the the business not working, everything like your breakdown, my breakdown. But it's such a beautiful blessing because the other gift behind all of this is not only that we rebirth ourselves to the next level, but now we can support others. Yeah. And going through this, which is, if we go back to the beginning, that's what we realized we wanted to do together. We really want to help others, like live up, like our, the name of our event, right? To live a powerful living experience. And uh, how amazing it is that we had to go through these, being the, the people that, that we are, right? Like knowing what's happening, being able to see it, you the way that you decode everything and say, oh, wow, this is what's happening. Creating a program out of our experiences and then be able to hold other people's hand as they go through this process. And now that we're aware of it and we have our community, we see how so many of them are going through our 2022. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody's going through a 2022 right now. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm just so excited that it happened and that we're here. And that, that's the reason why I say yes to be in this podcast, because I'm not the one who is in front of the cameras. I'm always behind the scenes. But no, I, I want to tell my story too, because I thought that I had no flaws, that I didn't need anything, any support with my mindset. But that's not true. We all do. And it's not a one-time and, and fix it. It's an ongoing process. So by having our community listening to our stories, to what you have discovered, like uh, what you believe about different things in the world, how the humans behave, give us the opportunity to help even more people. And we're going to create this community that are going to have a better experience of life. So that makes me very happy. Makes me happy too. Yeah, it's a yeah. daily it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice. So. Definitely. So, Carol and I mentioned before we've got a ton of resources if if you're a new listener or if you're you're a long-time listener, you can check out www.davidbear.com. We've got our Mind Hack ebook, we've got a bunch of different trainings we're doing, free challenges throughout the year. A couple times a year we're opening up the whole human framework, which is again our 10-week 12-step program that is unbelievably transformative uh, and keep an eye out for the whole human network. It's how we're bringing the whole community together into a daily practice and fellowship and, uh, and, and a business opportunity to be living and sharing personal growth. I want to thank you for being here. I know, I know you're very busy because I live with you and I, I know you have a child who's, <laughs> who's keeping you and me very, very busy. Um, but it was awesome being able to record this episode with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love My you. Pleasure. Love you too. Okay. We will see you uh, in the next episode, wherever you are. Thank you for being here in this sanctuary for the human spirit. We'll see you soon. 
Hey, it's David. One more thing. If you want to go even deeper on everything we've talked about on today's episode, don't forget to jump over to www.davidbear.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter. A couple of times a week, I'm going to be sending you the latest episodes that we've released along with additional free trainings. You'll get immediate access to my free MindHack ebook and go even deeper into all the tools, the technologies, the frameworks that have helped tens of thousands of people establish a changed mind. Don't forget to jump on over to the site and I will see you in the next episode.